What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack made a great week in golf. Victor Hovland come from behind over Denny McCarthy. Two on the, a non-resort uh, course. Yeah, exactly. We are uh, we are playing in the continental United States. Victor Hovland did win a tournament. Um, you know, in the states, in a non-resort course, in a legitimate field, in a tough field, arguably, depending on who you ask. Uh, what'd you think of the week? It was awesome. There was a little bit of a point in Saturday where I'm like, oh crap, this is becoming a boring tournament. Yeah. And then like 15 minutes later, a switch happened and it became an awesome one. You know, you take guys like Hovland, Scheffler, Spieth, McElroy, Scott, Fowler, and Hatton. All those guys are in top 15. You're going to make for a good tournament. Yes. And it's also nice to have a mix of guys like Denny McCarthy, Siwoo Putnam, Adam Shank, um, guys like that, they're in contention too. Yeah, it worked out well. Um, in, in in terms of that top of the leaderboard, I mean, you had guys that were clearly reliant on single entities of their game, basically holding them together. Cough, um, cough, Scotty Shuffler. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're Denny, you had the putter basically saving you for 60 holes. Um, if you're Scotty, you had everything else basically T to green save you. Um, because your putter lost you eight strokes, even though you gained 20 strokes T to green, uh, which is absolutely absurd, but you still finished third. If you're Rory, your game was great, except for your wedges, where you once you got inside 100 yards, you all of a sudden couldn't hit a golf shot to save your life. There was a few of them, and unfortunately for Hovland, he just kind of had the, the best of the yips, almost, of everybody. Chipping was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it's usually chipping's his weak part, and uh, in this instance, he didn't have any problems with it. So, was there anybody that kind of stuck out to you in terms of in terms of big misses, or anybody that maybe missed a cut, or maybe for somebody that played well that you didn't anticipate would play so well? Um, I think there was kind of an interesting tournament where it was a lot of guys were shooting four under, four over, eight under, twenty two over. It yep. was just a, it was not necessarily like a um like a two under, two under, two under, two under kind of a pattern. You know, Sam Bennett was in contention, was at even going into Sunday, finished at 12 over. Justin Suh, who we'll get into, who I want to put in a rear naked chokehold, um, seven over after being in lead. You know, he fell out of contention there. Cantlay fell apart. And there were guys like we talked about, Scotty five under, um, a lot of over pars in the day, and he just snuck out. Um, Keegan Bradley, who... Basically shot, what, like 64 on Saturday yeah. and almost shoots 80 on Sunday. It was just a wild kind of a time. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were a few names that, that were interesting. I think Siwoo with top the leaderboard was surprising personally. Um, I had a little bit of Siwoo last week, but like I wasn't really anticipating like this Siwoo explosion contention story. Um, that wasn't ne- not anything I necessarily had set up. I had more like, yeah, see, we'll finish like eh, 35 or so. Like, he'll just kind of be middle of the road. No, he's going to finish top five and like be in it all week. So there were a few of those guys around where, that surprised me. I think Denny's one that really shocked me. Um, again, his flat stick really saved him, but. Always does. Yeah, but I didn't. I don't know. I, I would have anticipated him to struggle a little bit more on a course style like that. So. Yeah. Last thing I'll say, Colin Morikawa, I am afraid because we already saw what happened to Will. Yep. You know, he had that back injury. I don't I don't know if it's the same. There's not necessarily reports. You're top 10 going into a Sunday round at an elevated field. That's not a good sign. I, I, I'm not saying I'm calling him a baby or anything for yeah. pulling out because I have back stuff. I know you wake up one morning and it's hard to go pee, but it is so unfortunate to see a guy that has struggled this year get to a spot where he can make a big push on a Sunday and then not be able to do it. 
according to all the the the, the Twitter legends that know everything, I saw yeah, back I saw PhD, back spasms. Yeah. yeah. It looked yeah. like back spasms were what people were saying. I don't know what that really means. Um, and I and I'm not gonna look into it too far just because I, I'm pretty sure with with Will Zaltoris it was the same thing. It was like, oh yeah, he'll just be out a week or two and now he's basically sidelined the rest of the season. So I'm not going to hold too much weight on all of that. And let's hope that Colin feels better here in the next week or so. And we see him, we see him back out playing well at us open. Um, all right. You want to go kind of go over our DraftKings and FanDuel lineups here? Yeah, let's do it. My DraftKings just, just hurt. Um, Scotty Scheffler obviously did great. Yep. Third place finish. We're not complaining. Xander Shoffley 24th, kind of a hard course. We're not mad about that. Adam Scott, ninth place. Fine. Justin Suh, 41st. Not mad about it in terms of DFS. I'll get yeah. there. I'll yeah. get there. But then we had Nikolai Hoyard, who I spoke so highly of, missed the cut. And Akshay Bhatia, what did he shoot on? 78 on Friday just to lose it all? Yeah, it might have been 79. Um, he didn't play well. Mm. I think he shot plus six or plus seven. Two or three Friday. doubles. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I think he was on the cut line going on to the 16th uh, tee box and then proceeded to finish like double, bo- double and then with a bogey. Um, so that's a tough way to go about it. Yeah, I mean, you and I, kind of similar boats. We both went four for six on guys making the cut. Um, I had Scotty at third. I had Siwoo, who finished fourth. I had Cantlay, who finished T30. Um, that hurts. That one could have been like a T10 if he would have just not blown up on Sunday. Um, and at which point I potentially could have been in the money. Um, and then I had Sam Bennett at 6,300 who shot, who finished 63rd after a plus 12 on Sunday. I mean, he made the cut and in all honesty, I, that was all I was really hoping for of him. Um, I got a little bit, you know, too ahead of my britches, kind of hoping he would finish top 30 after I saw how well he was doing those first couple of days. Uh, but again, made cuts and made cut, and I can't expect too much from him. Uh, Chris Kirk missed the cut on the number. I think he shot like plus two, plus two on his two days. Unfortunate. And then again, Akshay shot what minus four plus seven or minus three plus seven. Um, something like that in order to miss the cut. So you hate to see it. Hate to see it. On the other side, FanDuel, I think we both did a lot better on. I at least took some money home in that one, thankfully. Yep. Scotty helped out a lot. Rom 16th. Uh Adam Scott top 10. Dietrich made cut. Hatton top 20. And then Sam Bennett outside of Sunday. Obviously, him making the cut and giving me four days of points helped. But man, he hurt on Sunday. But luckily, a lot of people had him at seat. Yeah, no, I, I felt like I kept seeing a lot of people with Sam Bennett as their sixth guy, and it makes sense because again, he was that cheap option that kept on sixty three hundred or whatever. I uh, obviously was, Fanduel is different, but yeah, he was sixty three hundred on on DraftKings and seventy three hundred on Fanduel with some Stone Mint seven K. I mean, spend the extra three hundred bucks, get a guy to make the cut exactly. Um, so Jack and I both went six for six on FanDuel, which is always pretty nice. You know, 12 quick, for 12 as a squad. A quick quick way to win a little bit of money. So we both pulled out some nice wins. Um, I had three guys on FanDuel who finished in the top 10. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, who finished third. Uh, Siwoo, who finished fourth. And then Ricky Fowler, who Ooh. finished T9. Um, I had Xander Shoffley, who finished T24. I had Sahith Tagala, who finished T58. And I had Sam Bennett, who finished T56. Um, again, I think Sahith and Sam Bennett across the weekend shot a combined like 26 over across those four rounds. For the Again, team. though, it is it it is maddening to see that plus 12 on Sunday. Yes. But if you said, hey, Liam and Jack, Sam Bennett, end of the week, going to be 63rd, and you spent 6,300 and 7,300 for him, I'd punch that ticket 10 out of 10 times. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I looked at my other options, too, on who I was contemplating going to. Zach Johnson, who missed the cut. 
Um, and then the only other guy I contemplated was like Brent Snedeker, technically. And I think he played decently. He I want to say he finished in 45th or so. Um, and he played fine, but it wasn't anything where I was like, oh, darn, like I missed a, you know, the guy, other guy I was choosing finished top 10. Um, so at this point, I'm I'm basically choosing between, you know, threads on a piece of paper kind of deal. It's just, just yeah. a small miss. All right. Bets. Lead us away, man. Yeah, uh, it's it, I've been doing all right so far. I went three for four this week. Um, if you count my last three weeks, including this week, I think I'm 11 for 12. Um, I'm You're kind- welcome. I'm kind of on a heater. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts, but right now I'm enjoying it. Uh, I had Siwoo Kim top forty at minus one sixty. Who would have known? I could have done it top, you know, top five. I can't think that. like that. That's I know, game. I know, I know. I was, I, I wanted it, but I'm realizing now it's fine. Uh, but he was minus one sixty. I had Adam Scott top thirty at plus one twenty. That was a win. Um, I had Ricky Fowler top thirty at minus one fifteen. That was a win. And then I had Patrick Cantlay top 20 at minus 175. It felt almost as close of a lock as it could be based on the first few days. And then again, he shot like plus seven on Sunday and finished T30. Um, it's an unfortunate way for it to end. Still three for four, still up 1.55 units. Um, I'm uh, now... um, Wikipedia cliff note time. <laughs> At the time of recording on the pod, you had Tom Kim top 30, and I said, you'd be dumb to do that, play Ricky Fowler. So I'm taking credit <laughs> for getting you whatever plus 0.9 yeah. units or whatever. Yes, yeah. I, I initially had Tom Kim, and then I realized that I didn't like it, and I... No, we both did. We both did. All I right. said I was going to put a bet in that he was going to miss the cut. And you're like, oh, I like that. But I like Ricky Fowler. Yeah, well, all right. It, that's fair. Jack's the greatest. We get it. He'll he'll take his. He'll take, take his, a nap at myself then. Take his flowers on this one. All right. Uh, appreciate it. So, yeah, now I'm up uh, 6.26 units. So I am up, I think, 22 and a half units since the Sony, uh, which is great. Love to see it. Yeah, if we could just start in like February, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, exactly. erase January in the first week. Yeah, um, mine on the other hand didn't have a great. Sh- okay, let me rephrase this. We technically lost money. You stop at Saturday, I'm up like a, a hundred units. Like it's yep. ridiculous. So the one that hurts the most is Justin Saw. I had him at top forty, finished forty first. At about eleven thirty a.m. on Saturday, he was in the lead, solo lead. To put that out there, you know, yeah. kind of wanted to throw up. Um, but Adam Scott, top thirty plus numbers, we'll take that to the bank. Uh, Xander Shoffley, disappointing Sunday, bogey two of his last four holes to miss that. Terrell Hatton, top thirty, was a win. Scotty, top ten, thank everything was a win. That was scary. Xander beating Rory, that was a loss. Scotty, top twenty, Ron won, that was a loss. And my Cantlay bet was a loss. So. A lot of losses, but the ones we won were really good. So we're only down 2.1 units on the week, bringing us to a sad, sad, sad total of 60.79 units up on the year. Sorry, guys. It's all right. We'll uh, we'll do a little better this week. The goal is to be up 69 units going into the U.S. Open, which... You know, this is a scary statement to say. I feel, like, beyond confident about my eight bets this week. Like, it's scary how... I've lost two weeks in a row... And I've never been more confident about eight bets. Now you're scaring me. What do your bets look like? Um, well, you'll find out in 22 and a half. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we only have one overlapping bet. So we'll see what that means. Um, all right. In, ter- in terms of winners, you had a better week than I did. So why don't you go first? Um, well, I had Terrell Hatton who finished 12th. Nice. And, and, and 
the genius in me had Justin Saw, <laughs> which at one point I was just doing the, you know, you ever seen the uh the Kevin Gates hip thrusts on his concert videos <laughs> everywhere around the place. But there there may have been forty one. There yeah, there may have been a Jack text to Liam that said, uh, yo, you see Justin Suh on Saturday? Uh and then and then and then it went crashing and burning down to earth. But it happens. So we went four for four on made cuts for our winner's picks. I had Patrick Cantlay and Harris English. Uh, Again, Cantlay was top five, finished 30th. Um, Harris English kind of just fluttered around T40, T50-ish. He ended up finishing 52nd. Um, Nothing too eventful. But again, you'll you'll take it when you get a made cut out of these weaker fields. You just want to hold off and, and save it and make sure that all your your big wigs go far, which I guess Cantley is a big wig, um, and you love for him to play a little better. Um, on the other hand, though, we did hit a wild card. We did. I had Tom Kim to miss the cut, which I said I should have done it as a bet. I talked myself out of it. Um, still nice, you know. He's no. I still do a little bit of dabbling on the bets for the wild cards. And then we had Sam Bennett top forty, which if he just shot what like eight over on Sunday, he would have won something like that. Yeah. So super disappointing, but we gave it a run and a fun one just to cheer for the kid. There you go. Uh, for my wild card picks, I had Chris Chris Goddard up T40. Again, that was more just a, kind of a Liam wants to see what's going on with Chris Goddard up based on what he was doing last season play than anything else. Um, he missed the cut. It wasn't that pretty. Um, so that's good to know then for the future that I don't really want to be within 20 feet of him, kind of like a, a creeper when it comes to a school. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's all right i'll get rid of that no no you keep that in sir (laughs) all right um, for my second wild card pick i had scotty scheffler patrick cantley to win at plus 350 um again it was a loss but for a while there you were sitting there like oh like patrick cantley might win this you stand a chance and then sunday came around and you're like oh shit now maybe scotty scheffler might win this like you have a chance um or they both might win it and it it just happened that neither one of them did uh, which is fine, you know. Again, that one they're they're into wild pick at three fifty. If that would have hit, that would have been pretty impressive for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, three thirty p.m. At, on a Sunday, Scotty Scheffler was I think tied with the lead. Yeah. Um, and the before C obviously came in with the clubhouse, but yep. Whew. Yeah. So I mean, it uh, it happens. Can't win them all. But are we going to the uh, the RBC? Let's do it at Oakdale Golf and Country Club in Toronto. Yeah, we're going to the RBC Canadian Open. Um, again, just outside of Toronto. This is a par 72. On the card, it's listed at 7,260 yards. 64 um, yards. Well, yeah, and it and it kind of it can fluctuate, give or take probably 200 yards, depending on how they wanted to maneuver it. Um, this course is actually based off of three nines, so they can they can adjust the tee boxes to make it a little bit longer. Uh last year's winner was Rory McElroy. Um, again, that was at a different course. That was not at this course at Oakdale. Um, the keys to kind of look for this week, it's not a long course. They're going to grow out the the rough a little bit. Um, they Right now they're talking about having the rough be five to six inches, which just seems ridiculous. Um, I don't think they'll keep it that way. I think they'll cut it down. Um, so you're going to want somebody that's, that's good off the tee with solid approach play. Uh, because it's not a long course, you're going to have approaches into the green anywhere between 75 yards and like 125 yards. Um, so that I'm just gonna tell you right now, that kind of scares me for Rory 
Um, Because again, last week, the guy couldn't hit a wedge shot. So if if all of his drives are going 340 yards and he's got 70 yard approach shots, not my most confident uh, moment of all time for him. Outside of that, it's it's really nothing too crazy. I mean, this is kind of like a a standard course. Uh, One thing to know, no Canadian has won at the RBC Canadian Open in 69 years. Also nice. Um, wow. so I, th- I think Mike, I think Mike Weir came in second to Johnny Vegas. Shout out lefty. Yeah. And that was in what? 2015, 2016. Um, he was the last one that was close. And he's uh, in yeah, the field. He is in the field. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend betting on him to win just a, just a, just, <laughs> just a personal note. Whoa. I would not, I would not, I would not lefty fading the lefty. That's harsh. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm the worst. Yeah. I mean, so that's, that's really it. I just, I, I'm personally going to tell you right now, I'm fading Canadians this week. I I don't think that there uh, that there's too much to to bet for them. There's usually a lot of pressure outside of the four majors. This is probably the the event that has the most pressure on the Canadians in the in the entire PGA Tour. I mean, maybe maybe the players you could argue um, if you wanted to get really technical, but this is usually an event where all of the uh, all of them put a little bit more burden on their shoulders to try and win. All right, we're going to get right into the DraftKings range. I'll just say I'm staying quiet on the Canadian slander out here. I, I'm i sorry. Oh. oh, before we go, shout out Rosang. Shout out Rosang. What Good a call. Dumb, yeah, a for, monster. First LPGA tournament and the uh, quick dub right off the rip. So. Well, it was not a quick dub. Well. Sunday <laughs> round almost took six hours, so let's not call it quick. All right, that's fair. Yeah, the five-hour, 45-minute round still ended up with the win. Unbelievable. Um, all right, we'll jump right into DraftKings. Here's what I want to do. I want to take these top four and loop them all together because I do think there's a significantly significant drop-off between the fourth and the fifth golfer in this field. Sure. Are, you, so if, are you okay with that? Yeah, so it's Rory, Burnsy, Hatton, and Fitzpatrick. Uh, Fitzpatrick's at 9,900. The rest of them are all at 10,000 or above. Um, the reason why I want to loop Fitzpatrick in is I think he fits well with this group and the and and be below him, I think you kind of get a tear break. Hmm. So personally, I think that that Hatton is going to be a really good choice in this range. He has five top six finishes in his past 10 starts. Guy's been crushing it. And again, those are in way stronger fields, arguably, than the Canadian Open. I think that Sam Burns is kind of going to be a bit of uh, excuse me. Sam Burns is going to be a bit of a boom bust this week. Um, he has the ability to really go out and play well on any given week, but he, we've all seen him finish 140th like he did a few weeks ago. It's just a complete cluster on which Sam Burns we're going to see this week. Um, again, Rory is $1,000 more than anybody else, which is automatically a little bit of a red flag in my eyes. Um, I have no problems if you want to get to him. Again, he won here last year. I also think that he's got the game to do it, even though his wedges have been struggling. Um, and then lastly, Matt Fitzpatrick, he played, he he did win at RBC Heritage, which is a arguably a comp course. It's a short course, tight fairways. You got to make it onto the, uh, the fairways and the greens in order to play well there. And it's similar style here. So I don't hate him this week either. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm fading Rory. Um, I think even though he's coming off two top 10 finishes, I'm fading him almost everywhere. Um, Number one, like you said, he's the most expensive guy by a thousand dollars. So in terms of the DFS play, it doesn't make a lot of sense when I like a lot of the guys below just exactly what you said. It's going to favor a lot of these guys with driving accuracy and giving them a shot at the greens. 
Yes, he's obviously the number one driver on tour by a large majority, but in terms of accuracy, he's like 159. So yeah. it's just it's just a lot of things that add up to a very scary number. And you saw he was hot, which I haven't I've seen him hot, but like he was really mad at himself. Never really goes well, especially when you have to do like a 12 hour flight. So I'm just I'm a little afraid of that one. I actually do like Sam Burns. I think he's coming yeah. right back into form. I think being a shorter course where he has the opportunity to go a little bit lower and have a little bit more success. I think this is a week that he could go, maybe not win it, but I think he could go and definitely capitalize on those numbers. But yeah, I think Hatton is the guy that you got to get your lineup. Like you had said, he has two top fives in his last four and everything in his last five events has been top 20 guys on a tear putting short game, everything. As long as his head stays good and he gets those birdies going, I think he's in contention come Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it sounds about right. So I guess, I guess I'll say this. Do you have a do you have a ranking on how you want to rank these four guys, maybe favorite to least favorite in terms of choices? Hatton, Burns, Fitzy, Rory. Okay, yeah. See, mine, mine's Hatton, Fitzy, Burns, Rory. That makes sense. So we just swap Burns and Fitz. Um, again, I think, honestly, those are fairly interchangeable for me. Um, I think Fitzpatrick's just kind of 2A to Burns is 2B. Uh, but I understand if you wanted to do it your way as well. Uh, all right. Well, let's jump right into the uh, the 9K range, no? 9K minus Fitzy starts at Corey Connors at 9,800 and then goes to the GOAT Keith Mitchell at 9K. I want to start flat out, or uh, Matt Kuchar at 91. If Corey Connors did not play last week, I think he would have made a lot of my rosters. He wildly missed the cut. I mean, he went 77-75, 97th, coming off back, to back top 12 finishes. I think he showed that a lot of his game and what we talk about a lot with Corey Connors, everything is so smooth and so fluid and getting into these positions. I think a course like this, he could really capitalize on, but coming off a missed cut where he missed it by what was it? Six shots, five, six shots. It's not a good look going into it. So I am fading him, but I mean, you have guys like Justin Rose, who I think really sets up well for this course, 12th and ninth in his last two starts. Not the longest hitter on tour, but is really, really accurate. And I think Shane Lowry, too, has a really good stretch of golf coming in, has the opportunity to set himself up for some birdies. Uh, those are the two guys that I think stand above the rest in terms of this category. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Rosie, too. Um, he's got six straight top 36s finishes, and he's got back-to-back top 12s. Um, he's just coming in on a heater. He's almost won this event in the past. Um, don't quote me on that, but I want to say like 2018, 2017, um, he, I think he came in second again, a few shots back, but he was right in the money. Um, so he's played well here in the past. Um, my other name is Tommy Fleetwood at 9,600. Um, he has three straight top 20 finishes, including a T5 at the Wells Fargo. He's been just been playing really well and he's got solid ball striking right now. Um, he's 10th on the tour in strokes gained T to green. So it's just, I'd, I'd love going back to him outside of the Charles Schwab where he did miss the cut. I mean, yeah. he was probably the hottest golf, maybe not the hottest, like you have Scotty and whatever, but in terms of this category, definitely the hottest guy coming in this course, I think favors his game a lot more than Charles Schwab. Um, But in terms of form, I mean, Valspar third, Wells Fargo fifth, not the biggest comp courses in the world since it's a little bit difficult, yeah. but that form is definitely carrying over. I, I think the nice part too is because he missed it at the because he missed the cut at the Charles Schwab, that might get a little bit of ownership away from him. It might scare some people. I do think Justin Rose is going to be extremely popular this week. I'll just say it. Um, but I think Fleetwood might kind of go under the radar, and I'm a big fan of that this week in terms of my lineups. Yep. Yeah, I think you could also talk about 
a guy like Cam Young, I think he's been playing some really bad golf and his price is really elevated. I want to see one week. Yep. Sahith, who obviously has been killing it on tour, missing it a little bit in his game, and I want to see another week too. Yep. Kucher obviously has been playing just really weird golf. Yeah. You know, 84 in his last round on Sunday, and he's still finishing the top 63. So I, I don't get it. This is a course that we would say, hey, if he's 7,800, get him in your lineup. But at 9,100, I just can't get to that price when you have a guy right below him. Yeah, he's a Kucher's a good safety blanket. Uh, but just in my mind, this is not the range that I want a safety blanket. I think I think that the rest of these guys in these range in this range all have viable chances to win. Um, and I think Kucher is viable to finish top 40 say less yeah that's my challenge with it so all right uh ak range yeah because i got some heater opinions so it's keith mitchell at 8900 to michael kim at ak ready for the heater yeah let's do it first of all the goat keith mitchell i know i know everybody was gonna say well what about the driver what about the driving accuracy i'm just gonna ignore that right now um (laughs) he has been playing good golf not great golf because at one point he was going like 22, 4, 15, 22 is a really good stretch of golf. He's been missing out just a little bit on it, but he's also been struggling in events where it gets to 30 under. I think this is going to be an event where they get to 15 or 16 under instead of the 28, 29 under. So I think at 8,900, he can get into a spot where he can finish top 20, top 30. Yeah, I mean, I I think this has potential to maybe get to 20 under, um, but I think that would be the winner. Uh, Keith Mitchell, I always think of him as like the Walmart great value version of like a Rory. I know that's a that's a great compliment to say. Oh, but like (laughs) if you compared me to Walmart Rory McIlroy, stamp that on my office wall. Yeah. So he's got he's got the distance. um, And again, that's that's the important part to him. And he's got the game that that he occasionally shows flashes of um, that has that comparison for me. But again, he's just a a little bit of the cheaper version in that sense. so I, he is the, the same reason Rory has a good chance to win this week is an identical reason to the same way. I think Keith Mitchell could do well or potentially finish top 10 this week. Gotcha. Well, I'll continue on this thought. Yep. Um, Adrian Moronk. I mentioned him at the masters last year. He bloody screwed me. Uh, ever since then, he's been playing tremendous golf outside of like API and one event on the Dubai world tour. Everything else has been inside top 40, including I think two or three wins another two or three top fives on top of that. And at a course where you're getting birdies, I think he could really separate his game um, and come out in this. Um, you're going to see a guy, his name is Ludwig Aberg. He's from college. Uh, he just became the number one or the first college pro. He's from Sweden, right? Yeah, he's Swedish, but he's from uh, the college. He's from, oh my gosh. I Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Thank you. I wanted to say Texas A&M, but I knew that was wrong. Um, first collegiate player to ever get his PGA Tour off the rip. He is the most elevated price of any golfer I have ever seen in my life. It, it gives me Michael, it gives me Michael block vibes a little bit. And it's, I get it. Cause the odds makers want you to take them. Yeah. Um, but if you take a look at his last three finishes of this year, world tour 70th API 24th, which is awesome. And Valspar 61st. I, a lot of those courses, let's be honest. You didn't need to shoot 64, 64, 64, 64. You just had to try and shoot one or two under. You make the cut and call it a day. If you're looking for a made cut line, I think it's safe. But for 8,300, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Jack Jack kind of read my mind there. If you want 
you know, Ludwig to make the cut. I think he's a good chance. You might get it like a Sam Bennett style that you had last week from Ludwig this week, where he he makes the cut and he looks like he's playing decent, and then he struggles on one of the days on the weekends, and he ends up finishing somewhere between like 45th and the cut line. Um, I could totally see that happening. And again, so if you want to use him as a made cut bet, then I get it. But his odds are also horribly inflated inflated for it. Yeah, thank you. Um, Anybody else stick out for you? Michael Kim. Michael I'm back Kim. on it, baby. Listen, everybody that jumped on the train late, like we did, I'll admit it. We tried, we did like three made cut lines, and then we said, "Oh crap, he's making cuts. Let's go top 40. Yep. And then I think he had diarrhea at Porta John at the AT and T <laughs> by Red Nelson. Then came back with a six. I listened to two interviews about him. I've never seen him more joyous and happy and talking about how much he's back and enjoying the game. Six at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Two 67s on a course that guys were shooting 84 on. So if you can carry that momentum on to an event where you just finish in the top 40 for 8K flat, I am so content with that. Um, and including outside of the, the AT&T, he's made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cuts in a row. There you go. That's the way to do it. Um, I'll mention him because I'm surprised you didn't. Nikolai Hoygaard, he's been, he's been playing well. Um, he, he missed the cut at the Memorial, which was his first missed cut since at least, what, November of last year. Um, now, again, some of that's on the World Tour. Some of that's on the PGA Tour. Um, but he finished fifth on the World Tour a few weeks ago. He was second in Corrales. He had a couple top 30s at the Mexico Open in, in Valero. Um, I, I'm okay going to him this week. I think in terms of options, I mean, if you got you got Ludwig Auberg right below him, and I'd much rather take, take Nikolai. I think he's the much better choice between the two. So I would much rather get to him, and I could totally see him finishing somewhere between 15th and 35th. Kind of like Thomas Dietrich. I'll, I'll pretty much mention Nikolai every single week possible. Yeah. Back-to-back weeks where I've just really not seen him play the golf up to his caliber. This isn't the worst price to get him at in terms of the field. Yeah. But I, I do want to see one round or one tournament where he gets in it. Obviously, we're not going to see him next week unless he wins, I believe. Um, I'm not sure he got there on points. So I think this will be a really telling week what to expect of him come – end of june and early july but i don't think i can get to him this week yeah i just like him for, in terms of this range i think that he's he's a little bit better than the field that he, in the grouping that he's in um and i just expect some some nice things out of him yeah and then last thing adam had one super elevated price because he's canadian yeah. that's it yep. yeah you'll, you'll you'll get that theme a lot out of all the canadians that are in this field i feel like a lot of them are elevated just because they're of their country that they're in oh for know. sure all right 7k range 7K range starting off at Eric Cole, and it jumps down all the way, as I'll say it every single time, to Andrew Novak. So I will say the only thing right before Liam takes it away is Sam Stevens did withdraw. Um, so he was technically in DraftKings at the time of recording, so just be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look at the the model and the metrics, Eric Cole is a really good choice here. Um, just based on, again, that's just on metrics and models. Um, I don't know if I want to trust that the whole way. Um, I can kind of see it in terms of his iron play and the fact that he's got the good approach to the green. But I'm I'm okay avoiding that because I think he will be quite popular this week. Uh, when you scroll down a little bit farther, I don't hate Brandon Wu at 7,500. Um, I think that's a pretty solid choice. Yep, now, got my now, stamp of approval. Again, don't 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 take a look at his last two uh, missed cuts. But prior to that, he had a T23 at the AT&T and the third at the Mexico. Uh, so Brandon Wu plays a lot better when it's not fully loaded fields, um, which is kind of what you could argue this tournament style is. 
Um, the third guy I'll mention in this range is Ben Martin at 7,300. He's another guy that kind of fits the model of the course really well. Um, he's got elite wedges um, from short distances, which, again, is what you'll have on a majority of the holes in this course. Um, so I like him, especially as a better option, as opposed to Eric Cole, who's $600 more than him. And then I thought there was one other guy at the 7K range. Oh, no, I'll have you talk about him. Never mind. Go for it. Well, I'm, I have no idea who you're talking about, but first off, I'm going to start off Aaron Baddeley. Yeah, that that's is, the guy. Gotcha. He, again, he has been, this is, I think, the most expensive we've seen him all year, and I say it every single week, so I apologize for sounding like an old parrot. 21, 23, 39, 46, 72, which is a made cut, 34. All since, I think, the only cut he's missed this year, no, sorry, he's missed two cuts this year, Honda Classic and Farmers. Everything else has been a made cut. 7,100, he's playing really good golf. He's not a bomber. He's going to hit it in the fairway, get on the green, and have a lot of good birdie looks. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and shoot 65 four days and take home a trophy, but if you're looking for a made cut at 7,200, could be the safest play you could ever imagine. So yeah. I really like him. Um, another guy is Mark Hubbard that I really, really like this week. He's definitely an unconventional golfer. But if you take a look at his last finishes, 30 last week, 9 at Charles Schwab. PGA didn't do too well, but then 27, 18, 11 with some good numbers. So, you know, 69, 69, 69, 69, 68, 66, 68, 70. Sets himself up for a lot of birdie opportunities. And if you said might get to 18 to 22 under, if he can get himself to like two or three under around, I mean, that's top 40 odds exactly. Yep. Um, I think I really like that. If you're looking for more of a risky bet, Aaron Rye is someone I might target. He, a lot of events last year, like we talked about, hit 16 greens around. So he was just killing it in terms of the green and regulation, setting him up for birdie opportunities. Don't get me wrong. I've seen his recent finishes. I've yeah. seen his recent finishes. That's his, why I said risky. His recent finishes and his putting have really scared me. Um, and based on on the field, he's 156th in the field in in putting right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's kind of terrible. Yes, he could hit the greens, but can he make it into the actual hole without four putting every time? Um, is the real question. That's that that is the big fear that I have. Um. <laughs> yes. That's why I labeled it risky. Gotcha. But in terms of getting on the, he's not a bomber. He's going to get it on the green. Yep. That's a really good one. And then the Gim Reaper, baby, he's okay. back. Um, He's had two really, really good finishes after a weird stretch of golf where he was like top 20, top 15, 120, you know, substrata <laughs> effect last year. Yeah, he's exactly. 27th at Wells Fargo, top 20 in the AT&T, including a 65 and a 64. So this guy can get going and get birdie stretch. And I think that, Again, all, all I'm looking for under 7,500 is a made cut, and I think he can get you those numbers. Yeah, I think that the last thing I'll say, too, is uh, there's two guys that just came off injuries that I think could be interesting if you want to be a little bit of a shot in the dark here or if you want to have a chance to play, have somebody play really well. Um, CT Pan at 7,100 and then Brent Snedeker at 7,000. Um, they're both coming off of these injuries, and again, they're going to be risky plays. I don't think they're going to be that high-owned because of it. Um, but if you want to be a little bit different and have a chance to really kind of boost up your DraftKings or your FanDuel, I think there are good options to get to. And Snedeker, two for two on cuts. There you go. And the last guy I'll mention in the 7K category, not only does he have a spectacular name in Aaron Cockrell, but on the world tour, he is actually killing it. In his last five finishes, his worst event has been 21st. So if you're looking for a guy with maybe a little bit of momentum coming in here, he hasn't played in almost a month when he played in the Saudi Open, or excuse me, the Sudal Open. 
Um, but if you're looking for a guy with a little bit of momentum coming in, I think he's a guy you can target, and I think he'll be extremely underowned. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, we gave you a nice little listing there of 7K guys. You got a few options and a few directions to go in. Uh, let's jump into this 6K range, which I don't know about you, Jack. Absolutely terrifies me outside of maybe two or three names max i was gonna say it's i like the second guy which is sam bennett at 6900 yeah but it scrolls all the way down to a guy sebastian Zermak. never heard of him but he's canadian congratulations on probably your monday qualifier um take it away yeah uh sam, sam bennett's it for me basically uh my goal is to really kind of stay sam bennett or above um beyond him i mean i don't hate smotherman if you want to go for a little bit of the shot there he's had a few good weeks recently um you know fifth t5 at mexico again weaker field t21 at charles schwab uh, but then he missed the cut at wells fargo and at&t so in these in these stronger fields he doesn't do that well in these weaker fields he does decent um so in a relatively weaker feel i don't hate going to him there i mean i don't hate going to like glover or hickok at 6700 there's just nothing specifically about them that i'm like yeah this is the week they're gonna crush it like the only thing i can think of is like because it's not a longer course than maybe glover's accuracy and the fact that he doesn't hit the ball 800 800 yards like I, like rory and everybody else does won't matter on a course like this you're not getting a michael block at a uh, 6100 no, I cannot get to the uh, the block party at sixty one hundred. You know, I'm again. I'm hoping he does well this week, um, but I don't know if he's going to get there. So, gotcha. Well, there's there's two guys that outside of Sam Bennett because I'm on the board of Sam Bennett too. One is Trevor Werblow. Yeah. Outside of the AT and T where he shot or he was like hundred and thirty fourth, and he was like only one over. So it was like, you know, those guys were just going deep at the AT&T. Yep. 30, 56, 64, 27, 40, 49, 53, 58, 41. He's been making a ton of cuts. I know it shows 11 for 17 on cuts, but basically everyone he missed was in October and November of last year. So I think he's in really good contention at 6,300 to maybe be your sixth guy. Uh, then the other guy that I will probably shout out is uh, Trevor Werblow. I think he was 6,700. I did lose him really quick. Or excuse me, Ryan Gerard. Yes. Um, he at one point was in our lineup for four or five weeks in a row. And then I think switched hands from righty to lefty. Um, <laughs> but in terms of the what he's done, if you take a look, 71-68, he finished 76 in a missed cut. So that's what, five under and he missed the cut. I know some of the events they're playing really far up, but yeah. if you can get five under, you're making a cut. And I think that's the scariest number to get to if you're looking for a deep guy and maybe Grayson Sig, the Georgia Bulldog, where he was in our lineup for like six weeks in a row. Last guy I'll mention, just because, again, it's a shorter course that's that's heavily dependent on accuracy. Um, Ryan Armour. Matthews? Oh. No, Ryan Armour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I mean, Brendan Matthews will probably drive the green on a couple of holes because they're only like 340 yards, but he'll like five putt. So it won't matter. He'll still make double going out of each of those. But no, Ryan Armour was the most accurate golfer on tour based on um fairway percentage last year. Um, so he's at 6,400. Again, it's not a flashy play, um, but he's he's the kind of guy that can easily, again, make a cut and finish T50, um, which is really all you would want out of a guy at 6,400 because then that means you can get up to Rory or Hatton or Burns or whoever you're feeling up top. Yeah, yeah. and then there's a lot of other Canadians out here that never heard of. No offense to you guys. I'm sure if we played, you'd beat me by 11. 
Yeah. Uh, no shame in that. But um, on that note, what's your DraftKings? Yeah, uh, my DraftKings. I've, I've got an interesting kind of balance build. Um, I don't usually do these balance builds, but I, th- this week it just kind of felt right to get to. Um, I'm starting with Terrell Hatton at 10,200. Second, give me Justin Rose at 9,700. Third, give me Nikolai Hoygaard at 8,400. <laughs> at this point, I think you're just messing with me. I kind of am. It's kind of fun. Uh, fourth, give me Brandon Wu at 7,500. Fifth, give me Ben Martin at 7,300. And sixth, give me Sam Bennett at 6,900. My DraftKings, Terrell Hatton, 10,200. Shane Lowry, 9,400. The GOAT, Keith Mitchell at 8,900. Mark Hubbard, 7,300. Aaron Baddeley at 7,200. And Sam Bennett, 6,900. Just trying to go six for six. Yeah, I mean, that's really the goal with a 160-something person field top 65 and ties making the cut. If you're going six for six this week, you're probably winning some nice money. That's the goal. All right, uh, on FanDuel, I'm starting off kind of similar. Uh, Terrell Hatton, 10,800. Uh, second is Justin Rose at 11,100. Third, give me Tommy Fleetwood at 10,600. Fourth, give me Joseph Bramlett at 9,700. He's not a guy I talked about a ton while we were going over the uh, – the rankings, but he is a guy that kind of fits well in terms of models. Uh, fifth, give me Ben Martin at 8,600. And sixth, give me Brent Snedeker at 8,200. I like it. My fan do lineup Terrell Hatton, 11,800. Sam Burns, 11,400. Keith Mitchell, 10,300. Michael Kim, 9,300. Doug Gim, 8,500. And Aaron Baddeley, 8,400. That one feels like it's going to go five or six. I feel like some combination of like Michael Kim, Doug Gim, Aaron Badley, one of them is somehow going to miss a cut. But I like the other. I like the other five then. Hey, I'll take five for six all day, baby. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be five or six with like three or four guys in the top 20. That's my guess. Um, All right. Going to bets. Yeah, I see you only have three this week and you are riding the hot streak. So fire away. Yeah, I um I had a plan to do a fourth bet, but uh, Benny Ahn ended up withdrawing. I liked him as the top South Korean. Um, I want to say he was plus 150-ish on that, and he, he, he had to beat, sorry to anybody else that hears this, the plays for the South, you know, plays on PGA Tour, but argu- arguably a bunch of mi- middle-of-the-road South Koreans. Like, there, there was no Sungjae. There, no, there was no other, like, crazy good South Korean where I was like, ah, he's got a chance of beating Benny Ahn. No, like, I thought he had a good chance. Uh, but again, he withdrew, so I got rid of that bet. Uh, my bets are Justin Rose, top 20 at plus 105. Uh, Nikolai Hoy- Hoyard. You're looking for, yeah, Hoyard. Hoyard, Hoyard. Uh, top 40 at minus 140. And then Ben Martin, top 40 at plus 110. We like it. Um, I'm surprised to see after a couple really good weeks in a row, three plus numbers, including a top 10. I thought you were going to, what? There's a minus. What do you mean? I don't see a minus. I see did plus I 105, up? plus 140, plus 110. Uh, that's not updated. I didn't no. end up I didn't end up doing hat and I took Nikol- Nikolai instead. Oh, sorry. I spazzed out for a second. I was I, I thought I was tripping when you said that because I was looking at your chart and I was looking I was listening to what you're saying. I'm like, am I dumb? No, I uh I I did some adjusting around here last minute after all of my all all of my bets all of a sudden wanted to withdraw and I had to kind of go through and adjust it on the fly. So I just decided to pick a little bit of a safer option and, and, and took Nikolai for a top 40. Yeah. Well, I made fun of you for minus numbers. Five <laughs> of my eight have plus numbers. Yeah. There you However, go. However, I feel really good about all of them. 
I'm sure I'll go six for eight or some combination, yeah. but Keith Mitchell, top 30 minus 105, super reasonable number. Um, he hasn't, again, played his best golf, but like, this is a course he can really go deep at. Aaron Baddeley, top 40, plus 155. He's been doing that like crazy. I couldn't find a made cut number on him. Um, I'm sure it'd probably right around scratch, which would have been awesome. Yeah, that's Earth. that's the bet I would have done if I would have taken yeah. Baddeley. Made I couldn't cuts find probably. it. I know. I tried it makes every sense. book. Um, Burnsy top 20 minus 115. I think he has the capability to do it. That'll probably be the sweatiest bet of the eight. Hubbard top 40 plus 130. Brandon Wu top 40 plus 125. Michael Kim top 40 plus 120. Shane Lauer. Well, I couldn't find cut lines on any of these guys. It was all was like gonna... Rory McIlroy minus 12,000. I'm like, all right, what, what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> Shane Lowry top 20 plus 105. And then Terrell Hatton top 20 at minus 130 almost did a top 15 bet. Um, but I was like, you know what? Played safe. It's minus 130. Those are good numbers. Take it to the bank. Yeah, no, that that's the good way to go about it with Terrell Hatton. Um, again, I almost took him top 10, uh, but I was like, all right, Liam, let's let's pump the brakes. You got plenty of Terrell Hatton in yeah. your lineup. So let's not let's not get a you know ridiculous. I got plenty of Terrell Hatton in me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, we go into winners or wild picks. Well, I guess you were wild pick one last week, so we'll start there. Yeah, so number one, it is going to be Adrian Moronk, top 20 at plus 255, like I said. Um, I think he's going to be really, really good. He's been killing it. Um, I think he's a really good number. I almost made that a bet, honestly. Um, the next one is kind of a fun one, I thought. Um, it doesn't actually show, but it's Rory McIlroy to lead after the first round and win. Ooh. Plus 18,000. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. That's one way to do it. Uh, that is one that Jack kind of added on later on in the day. So I did not anticipate that one was nope. coming through. For the record, it was Aaron Rye, like top 20, at like plus 390, which yeah. is risky. And then I logged in just now to check the odds on my bets to make sure I placed it correctly. And I saw it. I was like, I like it. That's it. There's no there thought there. There you go. Uh, for my wild picks, I'm taking Nikolai Hoyard as the top continental European um, at plus 275. So some of the guys he's got to beat. Um, Adrian Moronk, that's one that kind of makes me a little nervous. Uh, Ludwig Aberg, not at all nervous about that one. Uh, Vincent Norman, not nervous. Matthias Schmid, not nervous. Henrik Norlander, not nervous. David Lingworth, not really nervous. So he's basically, in my mind, got to beat, what, one and a half golfers? And his odds are plus two seventy five. Like I think that's one where, that you can potentially you know throw a sprinkle on and not have too many concerns. Uh, my other wild pick again, somebody I just want to keep an eye on. I did it last week with, with Chris Goddard up. I'm doing it this week. Brent Snedeker, uh, top forty was plus two hundred. Um, if you want to argue that's not a wild enough wild pick, tough shit. Sorry, it's plus two hundred. I'm doing it anyways um, because I just kind of want to see where he goes. Um, yeah. So for anybody, I know we have a ton of new people listening. Our wild card bets were bets we took a look at at one point outside of the one I just read for Rory taking the lead. That was just stupid. And I'm just going to have fun and throw a penny or a dime or a dollar, whatever it is. A lot of these bets are ones we go. I think he can reach that number, but the odds are exceeding what I would feel comfortable. Cause what we try to do is maximize value. So yeah. if you put a, if you put a unit or a hundred dollars on one of your bets for a guy at minus one ninety or minus 200, yeah, you still get 50 back. But if you can get a guy like, one of my bets, Terrell Hatton, top 20, minus 130. He's hit that number almost 95% of the time since like April 1st. Yep. So it's like we try to look at stuff like that to maximize our unitage. 
Yeah, we're not we're not going for the fancy like plus eight hundred hit every week. Um, that's not the kind of podcast we are. If you want to do that, you can go listen to a lot of other podcasts. Every start, other golf pod. Yeah, they'll start listing off. But don't and, don't stay here. <laughs> I mean, at least at least listen to us first, and then you can go over to them if you want. Uh, but yeah, they all like to they all like to throw out those crazy odds and talk about how you know, oh yeah, so and so is going to hit it this week at plus eleven hundred, and you're like, okay, dude, whatever you say. So yeah, two seventy five and two hundred, just a little bit safer for me this week in terms of wild picks, arguably. Um, but again, those are two numbers I liked. Yep, absolutely. And then uh, I I like your first winner's pick, so take it away. Yeah, uh, my winner's picks are are Tommy Fleetwood. Um, I somehow haven't used him yet. I could have sworn I did, uh, but I think I actually used Fitzy instead. Um, and then Nikolai Hoyard uh, was my other winner's pick. So I liked him. I like him as well. I, those are two solid winner's picks and an arguably weaker field. Yeah, I'm not fighting you on Tommy Fleetwood. I think I'll, again, you know me, probably put 5 or 10 or $20 <laughs> on Tommy Fleetwood at one point or another. Yeah. Um, but my winner's pick, I know it's not um, Sanderson. Sanderson, is that right? Where he just dominates, or am I tripping? Uh, Valspar. Val, I might be Valspar. Sorry, I've long day at the office today. But yeah, 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 Burnsy, yeah. Burnsy, give me Burnsy. High risk, high reward. There's not a guy in this field that I can go. Rory, obviously, my wild card says differently, but I'm not going. Rory McIlroy win. Corey Connors just played terrible. Yeah. There, it, there's a lot of volatility here. I thought about Shane Lowry at one point. But I think that his necessarily birdie numbers aren't as high as what I want them to be for a winner. I, I would have thought you liked Rosie this week. I figured you you potentially could have thrown in a little Justin Rose. That was the same thing I thought for Shane Lowry. His birdie numbers don't surpass what they could be. Gotcha. So in, not in terms of averages, but Rosie's 69, 69, 71, yeah. 70. That's going to get you to 8, 9, 10 under and not 15 to 18 where Burnsy has the capability to do 18 under and 18 over, but that's not the point. Um, Then Mark Hubbard. um, It's a little bit of a, definitely a wild card winner's pick and a sleeper in my opinion, but he's been playing really, really good golf. I was actually torn between him and Michael Kim. Okay. Um, You know what? Michael Kim. Oh, we'll swap on the fly. Okay. I I talked myself into it. I respect it. All right. Michael Hubbard wins. I'm counting it though. (laughs) Okay. Jack's going uh, Sam Burns, Michael Block. Got it. <laughs> yeah, the two guys that I can't relate to at all, Ludwig Aberg and Michael Block. Yeah, I am curious. I, I I do have a gut feeling some people are going to end up picking them as like winner's picks or as crazy wild cards for, you know, top 40s or top 20s. I'll tell you exactly who the guys on Twitter that want your clickbait, why Ludwig Aberg, everybody that's watched Golf Channel the last like, hundred days oh yeah. i know that guy from esp you know same with yeah. um uh what's his name and you know what i'm trying to say is like yeah everything about him is so so elevated like his top 40 numbers are like minus 280 yeah it's He's absurd on that once i think i think his top 40 numbers are arguably the same as as all or almost the same as like fleetwoods um and at that point somebody's been in the in the tour a little bit longer and has a little bit better of a profile so i don't get it but to each their own. All right, everybody. We will uh, leave you there. That is the RBC Canadian Open. Next week, we are coming back for the U.S. Open. It is going to be an interesting week. We are going to L.A. Country Club. Uh, I'm just going to say now, Jack's winner was Cam Young. Mine was Will Zalatoris. I don't feel confident about either of those guys going, no. going into L.A. LA is Will Zalatoris even playing? No, he's injured, I think, still. So that sucks. 
Um, I should have chosen the backup. You got to keep it. Yeah, I know. I'm stuck with it. Um, I will not be picking him as a winner's pick. We'll just say that. Uh, Could you imagine? But, yeah, no, that's next week for the U.S. Open. So all these guys up here in in Canadianville uh, for this week are going to have the nice long flight from Toronto to L.A. for next week. But, yeah, we'll leave you at that. Let's go out there, win some money, and we will see you next week at the U.S. Open. Deuces.